If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in Busted Open Nation here on a Tuesday. It is the podcast edition of Busted Open Radio. I'm Ryan McKinnell in for Dave LaGreca. Got our man Jonathan Hood from ESPN Chicago holding it down on the other end. And Jonathan, we got a stacked show for the nation today. Obviously, we are coming off a Monday Night Raw. Plenty to get to. Uh, and we're going to start with the possibility of us witnessing the final match in Big Show slash Paul White's career. It may have happened last night, uh, but I don't know. You don't sound so sure. Yeah, I just think that Big Show is always going to be available to Vince McMahon at any time that he wants to. And that matchup <laughs> against Randy Orton, he was terrific. Um, it just shows that the Big Show has gotten better over the last few years with the weight loss. But the point is, though, is that bad booking is really going to be on the tombstone of Big Show when his career is all over. There's no question about that. He had an opportunity to be really great, and Vince would not allow him to be great. Uh, but the Big Show... Definitely a really good matchup against Randy Orton. Speaking of Vince not allowing people to be great, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler are still wrestling. We're, we're going to talk about that as well. We are also going to talk about something you and I are very excited about. Last night on Monday Night Raw, Jonathan Hood, a new nation of domination potentially on the horizon. Yeah, so you got MVP, who is the mouthpiece, who's been there and done that. There's Bobby Lashley, who was so aggressive. I can't say enough about how good Bobby Lashley looked on Raw on Monday night. Then you've got Shelton Benjamin, you know, the 24-7 champion, uh, Gabby's boo. Shelton Benjamin, part of that mix. And now, there, will there be a fourth <laughs> member? Big question marks about that. And we got an appearance from the one and only Ron Simmons. Yes, it was very eventful. We are very excited. And we also got some answers on, well, is Sasha Banks actually WWE champion? All that and more here on a Tuesday edition, podcast edition of Busted Open Radio. All you got to do is sit back, relax, and click that play button. Let's go! Uh-uh. Before we get into the ramifications, whether we believe that this was the end or not, it, legacy, all that good stuff, right? What did you think about the match? Just the context of the match. Let's go into the context that this was his final match because it kind of played out in terms of the match itself. I mean, kicked out of a finish, right? It went uh, 17, 18 minutes. I don't know what the official time was, but it was a somewhat of a lengthy match. I got to be honest, if Big Show was going to have a send-off and it wasn't going to be on a pay-per-view, this kind of played like it felt felt like it could be the end. It was a clean match. I thought it was well executed. And, and and John, for a guy who doesn't get a lot of TV time and really hasn't been mixing it up over the last couple years with any sort of regularity, I thought Big Show did a good job. It's the best that we've seen from Big Show in a long time. Um, yeah. I think that the weight loss is part of that. The way he was able to execute moves, I think that that was great. Uh, the disconnect for me, Ryan, was that it was an unsanctioned match. It didn't have to be unsanctioned. <laughs> you could have called it no disqualification and have the same results and same ebb and flow. It's just part, you know, the 
the booking aside, and again, unsanctioned match did not make sense compared to everything we saw at the Extreme Rules. The point is, though, is that it could have been a no disqualification match, and if it was Big Show's last match, uh, I think he ended with a bang, and he put over a guy that is red hot right now, and Randy Orton. Yeah. And so I, I I liked the match, and the reason why I liked the match is because the Big Show gave us almost his entire arsenal. And, and something else too, here at 2020, he did not look slow. Usually a big guy like that is is lost a step or two, but because of where he's gone and where he is right now in his career, uh, he looked a lot more fluid, a lot more you know interested. Uh, and I thought that it was a really good match for for the Big Show and for Randy Orton, of course, as well. Yeah, you know, you bring up the unsanctioned billing that the main yeah. event had between Orton and Show last night. I'm completely with you. I I'm trying to. I guess battle with the booking and the cohesion here because on Sunday night we had a match that was sanctioned between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins where the stipulation was the winner has to remove the eye of the opponent. You're telling me in the realm of believability and don't tell me that rules don't matter that believability doesn't matter because it does. I understand that kayfabe is dead which it's not but I'm using air quotes that no one can see over there. I, right? I see them. I see yeah, them. There's yeah, a right. quote you got there. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I don't know. I, 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 when you look at that juxtaposed just 24 hours removed from a sanctioned eye for an eye match, and then you go into the main event of Monday Night Raw, but it's unsanctioned and it's a clean match. There's no like tomfoolery or, or, or stupid shit happening, right? It, it, the, the, the optics of that is problematic. And, and honestly, I feel like we could do a, do a half hour on that. I mean, a, no question, because yeah, yeah. cohesion and booking right now in terms of WWE, main roster, SmackDown, and Raw, I think it's a huge issue. And I know that they're, again, we go back to COVID, they're moving. They're pivoting. It can't be an easy job. But as AEW and NXT and even Impact have shown us, there are ways to do a cohesive product and to keep it simple stupid, as our pal Bully Ray uh, likes to say. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Okay, so if this was... Well, listen, I don't know how we feel about this being the last match for Big Show. I, our, One of our team members over there, Mike, uh, during the break, he hit us up in all caps in the chat box. Big Show's not done, Ryan. And I asked Mike, I was, why is he not done? He's like, because he does this every fucking year. He says, I'm done. You know, he gets put through the cage by Braun Strowman or whatever it was, or Lesnar. I forget who actually did it, right? He's done. I'm not going to wrestle at WrestleMania anymore. And yet, Big Show constantly comes back. But Jonathan, at some point, the man has to be done. That's And, and, and I know this is yeah. pro wrestling, and that's a really open-ended sort of way of looking at things. But, you know, Show is a big dude. He is moving well. He did lose, his, lose weight, and he does look really, really good. But we know he's got his Netflix show. We know he's got his 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 fingers and other pots out there. He's trying to maximize his earning power. This is a guy who's the reason he lost that weight, Jonathan, is because he's health conscious. And if you're a health conscious big man who's been wrestling for 30 years, you've got to understand that the end is coming. So okay, listen, well, I know it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, 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 listen, listen. I understand what you're saying that he's done, and I and I get it that you feel that like he's done, but he won't be done after a match on Raw in the pandemic yeah. era, where where only where less than two million million people are watching. I mean, seriously, it can't be now. It can't be July of 2020. When he is done is when Vince wants him to be done. 
Uh, he was looking at you, Undertaker, when I say that, right? The, sa- the same situation. So, so the idea that Big Show is done, he's not done on the 20th of July. He'll be done in front of fans. He'll be done at a pay-per-view, whether that's WrestleMania or SummerSlam. It'll be that because the Big Show deserves that. You know why he deserves that, Ryan McKittle? He deserves that because of the shitty booking that he's had to deal with almost his entire career with the WWE. You, I remember when he first came into WCW and you know they, put, they vaulted him all the way to the top of the card and made him world champion as he defeated Ric Flair. Well, he was still green, but he you can see he was going to be something. He comes to the WWE, and I will say that uh, his career in the WWE has been checkered, and I'm being kind when I say that. And it's not necessarily because of him. It's because of making him a babyface in a heel, then a babyface in a heel. He's had more turns than Paul Orndorff ever in his career in the WWE. <laughs> so when you turn someone, and someone charted this online over 20 times of a turn, it just shows you the bad booking. He has been uh, part of the bad booking for the WWE almost his entire career in that company. So he deserves better than just losing to Randy Orton on Raw in front of no fans. At some point when Big Show is done, it'll be a standing ovation for Big Show for a job well done because he's had to endure a ton. He had to get beat down by Floyd Mayweather just for a paycheck. I mean, I mean that he deserves better than that, and I know that the standard was uh, Big Show Andre, you know, it, uh, or big men like that. Well, you know, the Big Show falls short uh, of Andre and so many other big guys because of bad booking. It's not yep. necessarily because of Big Show; it's because of the bad booking. So, no, it, he's not done today. He will be done at some point, and he is going to get the ovation and the adulation from the fans that he deserves. But and he, you know why he's going to get applause? Because it will be the people appreciating Big Show and dissing Vince for what they've done to Big Show over the years. There is no question that we should be talking about Paul White slash Big Show as the greatest big man slash giant to ever wrestle in professional wrestling. There, there's no question he should be that. His athleticism, his look, his pedigree, the way he, as you mentioned, John, jumping on the scene and kicking the doors in, right, in mm-hmm. WCW, but as being a product of bad booking, he's not. He's he, so much so that his name, so much so, that his name, Jonathan Hood, has essentially you know turned into a way to describe shitty booking. Like, that person Person was big showed or he's getting big showed or oh he's another big show that is it is disgusting when we're talking about a man who has dedicated what he's dedicated and what he has brought to this business to have that be a part of his legacy we love big show we love what he's done but you can hear the passion when jonathan hood describes you know what this run specifically over you know his wwe run not that it was that's pretty much what it's been this entire time um what it has meant and, and the kind of the shift it's taken and jonathan you bring up a good point in terms of the booking and 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 on some level this is a cautionary tale, right? Because I think, and listen, this would be great to where we could have Bully Ray or, or Mark on or some, you know, a Hall of Famer on, but I think we can offer some context to this just, just as fans. I'm a Hall you of have, Famer. You, you have, I'm you have, you have, fan. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But listen, when you compare a career of a guy like Undertaker, who by and large, you know, always said yes, was trusted Vince with his career and with his image and his character uh, implicitly, right? He always did what was best for business. 
And it worked out for Undertaker, I think, by and large. I think Undertaker had a pretty okay career, right? Sure. sure. Let's look at let's look at Big Show, who I think is cut from that same cloth where he always said yes and he always wanted to do what was right for the business. This is where that problem happens. If you're a wrestler out there, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later, Kevin Owens, and you're on the pre-show leading into a pay-per-view when you're the best in the one of the best in the world, you have to be protective of your character. And and listen, I'm not behind closed doors, but just on the surface, the way I'm kind of looking at it, I kind of wish. Big Show would have been more of a dick. I wish he would have been more protective of his character. I wish theoretically he would have said no more because just but judging by the way we looked at it and all the turns, Jonathan, he didn't say no enough. Yeah, and he and he there was so many different iterations of the Big Show, but it was still him, right? He yeah, was in a lot of t- he was in tag teams, and but the the thing that that really resonates with me the most, Ryan, is that they they abused the Big Show character. You know, they they got him crying. They got him uh, losing to a boxer. They got him in a diaper. They had him in a sumo outfit. They they've done so many things that have been wrong with the Big Show. And you know, that's one of those things where you have to dis- determine what's best for my career: the money or my legacy. And actually, you could be able to do both in this regard. He could have just walked out of the WWE and then have a return, and it would have much, been much fresher for him. But he stayed with the company all that time and was loyal to Vince when Vince was not loyal to him. It, it, it's just, to me, it is just an incomplete uh, legacy for a big show in the WWE because of how he was utilized. Hey, he's had some really good matches here and there, but you think about all the big men that actually did something in in their career as far as being on a certain level. You mentioned the Undertaker, so if that's if Andre and Undertaker are at that level, then where is the Big Show amongst that pecking order? Because we got to think about guys like Bam Bam Bigelow, we got to think about yeah. uh, Van Vader, all these big guys that were able to do something in their career. Maybe had to leave the WWE, maybe had to leave. The WCW to go to Japan, but they want to be able to carve out their legacy and still make money at the same time. And yes, Big Show has got generational wealth. That's great. But what I'll remember Big Show for is not the WCW title run as much as it is the humiliating things that was that was put on his plate that he was able to, to deal with. He ate a lot of dog shit in the WWE, and it's really unfortunate. Summer is time to start prepping for your fantasy football draft with Fantasy Sports Radio. Touchdown, this year, it's also time for fantasy baseball players to do the same. It is gone! Listen for expert advice to dominate your fantasy football and baseball drafts. Will Garrett Cole be the first pitcher taken? 12 strikeouts for Garrett Cole. Now celebrating our 10th year, bringing you the best fantasy sports radio on Sirius 210 XM87. And we are going to keep the con- <laughs> conversation continuing. Easy for me to say, right? Uh, John, listen. We talked this the theme of the first hour was essentially bad booking to a, to a large extent from the big show to uh, obviously what we're talking about with Drew McIntyre more specifically in in terms of booking with Dolph Ziggler the issue that I think we're running into is that this man and I was and listen when my wife commentates on this and gives her opinion and she sees it the way I do it's problematic and it's not because I'm talking about wrestling all the time it's just because she's a astute keen observer from the sideline not a particularly huge pro wrestling fan right she'll go with me she'll support it she likes what she likes, but even she recognized the problem with Drew, uh, excuse me, with Dolph Ziggler, and that is he has always been a placeholder. He has always been a stopover. He has never been treated as an actual threat on the WWE roster, and when he did, when I think back to uh, the Money in the Bank run, and when he was really, really hot, maybe AJ Lee and some other periods there in those early 2010s, they never actually believed in him. When it was his time to have the strap, even like a Damian Sandow or a Cody Rhodes at different points, right? They didn't believe 
believe they pulled back. And that's problematic because here we sit 10 years later, eight years later, seven years later, and you're now having this extended feud with Dolph Ziggler and your champion, and no one gives a shit because everybody knows that you're not actually going to put the strap on Dolph Ziggler. I'm shocked that we're getting, and again, it's a placeholder. This Monday, where Drew McIntyre chooses a stipulation, again, it doesn't mean anything because we know how you view Dolph Ziggler. That's the problem with this whole, I guess, conundrum. What makes Drew McIntyre say, say McIntyre defeats Dolph Ziggler? What does that do for Drew McIntyre? It does nothing, nothing. for Dolph Ziggler either. Same, same yeah. thing, right? So, so Dolph Ziggler, his career has just been predicated on having great matches, and I don't know what the disconnect is in the back with Dolph Ziggler over the years. Because uh, for me, as a wrestling fan for a long time, I love the the pure wrestler. Give me the wrestler versus the entertainer every single time. Dolph Ziggler has been that guy, and I don't know is because he comes across as a hybrid of, of Shawn Michaels uh, and someone else. I don't know what it is, but Dolph Ziggler's always uh, giving you quality. Giving you quality matches. I don't see, I've never seen a bad match from Dolph Ziggler, but he's he's kind of stuck in this box of you're good enough to have a great match and you're also good enough to get beat. And I just think that that is un- 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 unfortunate. A match with Drew McIntyre does nothing for Drew McIntyre. Uh, he's We already know it. McIntyre is established as a very good wrestler. And so to be able to continue this uh, this mini feud here doesn't do anything for me as a fan because more times than not, I've been disappointed in Dolph Ziggler and the results of Dolph Ziggler matches. Usually, he gets beat, and if you're a Ziggler fan, you're on the ass end of uh, a lot of losses over the years. Well, it's like it's like the boy who cried wolf, right, Jonathan? Like mm-hmm. you 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 constantly tell us that this man is important. You put him in these title matches year after year after year after year. Uh, Daniel Bryan and, and him, I believe it was Survivor Series, whatever it was. I don't know, seven eight years ago, right? You keep putting him in these these spots where his fan base gets excited, and then you constantly let them down. There's never really been, except that one time, a payoff with Dolph Ziggler, and even after that, you didn't invest in it properly. So that that's the risk you run when you're constantly. T- tugging at the heartstrings of dedicated fans that tune in to see a payoff. They they want to feel like their voices are being heard. And I'm with you, Jonathan. I don't think it's a, a, a generation thing. I don't think it's just because we're close in age. I think it's just because we appreciate good work. And damn it, Dolph yeah. Ziggler is a great worker, and he has been for a very long time. But you know what, Jonathan? Maybe it's also just the Vince McMahon way of handling eras, right? The WWE way of ha- have, uh, handling eras. Maybe every era is just destined to have those disappointments where the entirety of the wrestling fandom knows, whether it be Kurt Henning, right? Or whether it be Rick Rude, or whether whatever the case may be, whatever time on the roster where you had these clearly capable talents that could run the locker room and could have, you know, proper, proper runs with your title, you didn't follow up on it for whatever reason. Maybe Dolph Ziggler's just cut from that cloth. And if you read as Dolph Ziggler's social media, he couldn't care less either. That's the other thing too. Yeah. It's like you would you would think either heel or babyface for Dolph Ziggler. Either way, you could just tell like, oh, you know, wrestling's a joke, and I'm a comedian, and so whatever happens, whatevs. You know, I was a former <laughs> world champion, whatevs. You know, I, you know, I wrestled for the WWE, whatevs. And so maybe that also is something that's negative on his uh, on his resume, where Vince says, well, if you don't care, I don't care. But see, the thing is, is that they've beaten the care out of Dolph. 
Dolph Ziggler. See, the Big Show and Dolph Ziggler are it's, it's the same conversation, Ryan. It's the same conversation as if Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, you mean to tell me that point. that guy couldn't be World Heavyweight Champion? You mean to tell me that as a heel, as a chicken shit heel, he couldn't necessarily have all these opponents? Because you see, Dolph Ziggler does a great job of making others look good, but that is the quintessential heel. What does a heel do? And the heel is supposed to get himself over, but he is also to be able to get the baby face over. So he could have all these slew of matches if he was the champion and be able to draw fans in and be like, you know what? Even though he's a heel, I'm a fan. There's so many different directions you can look at with Dolph, but yet he's just good enough to just get beat. And so this is why at Extreme Rules, it was a very good match. It was a good match yeah. between Dolph and Drew, Drew McIntyre, but of course we expected a good match. Ziggler was in it. Of course it was going to be a good match. <laughs> All right, And so so if they're going to wrestle again, it's going to be another good match. It's going to be main event quality match. But you know what? It doesn't move the meter for Drew McIntyre. It doesn't move the meter for Dolph Ziggler. So if you book a match, what's the reason why you book a match? It's because you're trying to elevate someone. And no one gets elevated in that matchup. But not in this case. We know why this was booked, and it was to get us to SummerSlam. And that is where you lose your audience when it's so transparent, and you just know why this is happening. And it's not—it's not that smarks or it has nothing to do with that. It's just that we've been fans of this business for a long time. And more specifically, in the case of you and I, Jonathan, we've been fans of Dolph Ziggler for a long time, so we know how this story ends. The passion of Major League Soccer is on Sirius XM. The 2020 season is underway with the MLS's back tournament. Get a front row seat from the group stage to the final with matches nightly at 8 Eastern. Morris flicks it in! What a goal! What a pass by Ladero! Hear all the action and analysis on Sirius XM FC 157 or wherever you are on the Sirius XM app. We are talking about the nation of domination. And why are we talking about the nation of domination? Well, Jonathan Hood, last night... We got a little bit of a tease. We're going to hear the audio here in a second, so I'll throw to it. But it looks like potentially as a stable forms uh, between MVP, maybe Shelton Benjamin, right? And uh, uh, who's who's the other? I'm, I'm blanking here. Bobby Help me out, John. Lashley. Thank you, Bob- Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a three-hour show. It's a long day. But it looks like they're what? calling themselves a hurt business right now, right? But it looks like potentially we could be working to something more. And why is that? Well, as I said, you're going to hear from the audio. Ron Simmons showing up last night in a little backstage uh, sort of promo setting. We didn't get a lot, but what we did get was very, very exciting. I want you to hear this. This is Ron Simmons telling Lashley and MVP there's a better way uh, going about the business that you're doing right now. Check this out on Raw last night. I know you guys have got your way of doing things, but just think about what I told you. There's a better way. Hey, true. <clears throat> Check this out, man. Hey, I'm glad you came. We just want to talk to you, man. There's no, there's no need for all that, man. Bruh, do we just ain't no telling with y'all, man. man. Ain't no... Whoa, 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 man, whoa, man. Me and Lash was just about to head to the ring, and we thought it would be awesome if the 24-7 champion joined us. Absolutely not. Bro, I don't want Bobby to put me and Nelson from Simpson again. Dog, it actually hurts. Did you know that? Man, it's called it Bull Nelson. And what MVP was trying to say is the new 24-7 champ. Bro, that's me, right? Ah! 
All right, there you go. That also featured uh, Shelton Benjamin winning the 24-7 championship off of our truth But what that led to, obviously, you heard Ron Simmons. He, he teases it there. But then uh, Lashley, Shelton, and MVP go down and have a match with Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and the returning Mustafa Ali, which we will get to shortly. But, Jonathan, I teased it before we went to break. I have wanted a new nation of domination for a long time. I think pro wrestling is best when you blend reality with the world of pro wrestling and, and you bring that in and you become topical and you become current with the times. I, I don't see how having a black lives matter slash nation of domination faction wouldn't be one of the best things on television right now. But we also know Vince likes to stay away from politics. You know, he, he wants to walk a line. So let me just, first of all, are you excited? I'm sure you are right about this possibility. And then also in terms of the possibility, what chances do you actually get give of something like this happening? Uh, it will happen, but it will happen without Ron Simmons, because it, how you know, how else are you going to be able to get sympathy on a babyface? Uh, there's going to be a pounding no. that Ron Simmons is going to take. There's no way that MVP and Ron Simmons is going to be in the same hurt business. So that's not going to happen. So Ron Simmons is going to be the one that's going to take the, the fall for this. And so the combination of MVP, Bobby Lashley, and Shelton Benjamin with maybe a fourth member, Cedric Alexander, <coughs> will be really great for for a fourth. Some there for the new nation, uh, if it's going to be the new nation. Point is, though, is that having Ron Simmons in it really brings uh, a level of uh, a, a different gravity to it. Ron Simmons is respected as a Hall of Famer, uh, as the first black heavyweight champion uh, in WCW. So it, it, it works. I like it. Uh, I like that a lot, actually. So, but Ron Simmons has to take a beating, though, in order for this to happen. <laughs> Poor Ron Simmons, poor Ron Simmons. But you brought up the point to start the show that this feels like it has a little bit more legs, right? Like this isn't joking Ron Simmons. This was Ron Simmons appearing backstage and essentially, you know, pulling from that 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 pass, that nation pass saying, hey, there's a better way. And then they kind of give like a fist bump. And what you didn't hear in that audio is MVP looking at Lashley and say, hey, we'll talk about that later. We'll address that. Essentially saying there were there was some credence to whatever Ron Simmons was saying backstage. So for the first time ever. I really think that Vince is kicking around the idea, and I think if they do it and they do it right, the possibilities are endless. Now, we talk about doing it right. I'm not even sure that MVP Lashley and Shelton ben Benjamin is the way to go with this. You know, I, this. The faction that I have been wanting to see be the new nation of domination for a very long time, at least a couple years, is the New Day. What better way to, and I know they're a moneymaker. I know they are incredible in the role they are in, right? But this is a PG era. Imagine what you would do. Because this, I think like a 13-year-old. I was 13 years old when the nation debuted. I was like, holy shit, like what is this type of programming on WWE? Yeah, I know Pillman had pulled the gun and it was pretty extreme at that time, but that yeah. felt different, right? Could you imagine what a generation of children, 10, 11, 12, 13, young teens would feel like if the New Day on a returning Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods has had time off, right? He comes back more militant. He's had time to read. He's had time to beat. Not that he wasn't aware of the world around him. Obviously, we being, right. Yes. Right. Yeah, right, right. Right. I know. But you get what I'm saying from a storyline perspective, you can explain a change in attitude, right? Xavier comes back. It's, it's a different world. It's a pandemic. Black Lives Matter world protests are erupting. The yep. doctor, Xavier Woods, brings this to the team and, and emphasizes for six, eight months, maybe it goes past WrestleMania that a change is needed. I just think authoritatively, right? I think the, the effect of having the new day turn would just be mm, chef's kiss. 
I, I understand. I, I love the the idea of the promo, though. The first promo for the, the yes! New Day faction when Xavier Woods says, guys, I've had time to read. And I'm telling you right now <laughs> that it's time but, for a change but, here in the WWE. Black folks are having kind of a tough time here in America. <laughs> <laughs> I've had time to read during this pandemic, and I'm telling you right now. No, I, I just think that it, it's um, it, well, well, definitely the new day needs a fresh coat of paint. It's very clear. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, listen. I know Vince likes the New Day because they are, I guess, in some ways a cash cow and because they are baby faces. I know it was a, it was a rough w- uh, turn for them at the beginning because people didn't like it and now yeah. people are into it. But it is time for a turn. And if it's if it's not going to be all three, I suspect at some point, if not this year, the next year, then that turn's going to be Big E. That's the guy because they're, the money's in him. Kofi Kingston's already had a run with the championship. Big yeah. E could be part of this as well. I think Big E's the guy I see as a as a heel and having a good heel run at some point but i but looking at what i've seen from mvp the reason why this resonates with you i think in some ways and it does for me is that mvp has just been great on the mic on his return i'll be honest with you as i always am uh, i thought that the mvp character in 2020 was a little bit dated it was kind of like the uncle going into the lounge and still using terminology from like 10 15 years ago using ballin and it like he's modernized to the point where i'm interested now because at the first I was like you're still doing the same stuff you did with Matt Hardy in 06 and it had had a very Nelly type feel right with the nose of the band-aid still on you're like wait a minute like and I was with you I was kind of like MVP's back huh okay like I I didn't have particularly (laughs) high expectations and it is completely very similar to like okay the New Day's debut that was I I I did I remember doing shows at that period and absolutely dragging what was happening. There was no way the New Day was going to succeed. They had this weird like preacher gimmick, this positivity. It was bad, right? And then within a few weeks, right? Within a few weeks, they had pivoted, made it their own. And here we sit five, six years later, and they are arguably the greatest faction to ever live in terms of, yes, they're getting stale, but do we really care? Like no one's actively like beating the war drum for New Day to change because even with it becoming somewhat stale it's still better than the majority of everything else that is on tv so i will pose that question out to the nation not the nation of domination the busted open nation but it does center around the nation of domination if you were rebooting the nation of domination for 2020 who would you make your stable out of you got four choices you can be whoever you want right 877-344-4893 hell maybe you can recruit Sami Zayn. right he's got his meals for syria bring sammy in and he could be crush he can be a way better version of crush he can be the ally that the nation of domination always needed jonathan hood he could be the owen remember owen Hart owen, was yes. part of the nation of that yes he could be the owen that's probably the better the better comparison there yeah yeah Canadian. Because anyway. because Owen was was kind of wild and so is Sami Zayn. Like I know that would be that would look kind of weird, but Sami Zayn though in that spot for someone who has been fighting the good fight, why not him? He could be in that spot. So uh, I I just like it because MVP's the mouthpiece. Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, Ryan, you talk about ruthless aggression. Uh, if you watched that match last night, that six man they were in, boy, he just took it to like not another level, like another five levels. And then, of course, with Shelton Benjamin, the, um, you know, again, Gabby's got to be happy to Shelton Benjamin right there in the mix. Relevant again, the WWE, you know, her, her boo. It's got to be great, right? So I, I enjoy that. <laughs> I, I enjoy those three together because, you know why? Because WWE needs something fresh and new. And when I see them now, it's a must watch for me. 
Gabby, a uh, new manager of the Nation of Domination. Speaking of managers for the new Nation of Domination, uh, what about this? What about Montez Ford breaks off with Angelo Dawkins? Maybe he joins the Nation of Domination and we bring Bianca Belair in as a part of a, a little bit of a mouthpiece for them, a female manager. Uh-uh. Yeah. They don't even go here. Uh-uh. She's like she's black she's like black solely. It's great. She goes, uh, I'm, she's like, I am so I am so in on that. There are so many different ways that they can go with this. It, it is a license to print money. Please, please let this happen, Lord. Professional wrestling gods, please be with me this one time. Jamal, we got Jamal out in Virginia with uh, some ideas on the nation of domination already. What's up, Jamal? How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? Um, I uh-uh. yeah, so number one, I think to make it different with the new day to not like make one go heel and break them up like a lot of a lot of teams do. I think it'd be cool if they just parted ways on good terms to let it be known at any moment we can get back together uh-huh. and whoop some butt. Almost like, hey, I don't, almost, almost, almost like, Jamal, Jamal, hold on. Almost like, hey, like, I don't, I'm not like fully, like, that's not the path that I want to take right now, but you know we're on your team. We're on home team, right? Like, we support what you're doing. It's just not for us right now. I like that. Exactly. And then for the nation, my first idea was um, Street Profits, bring them in, but then... Uh, Montez Ford would be like the Rock character when he was in yep. the nation, and then and then at some point, um, MVP is going to get he's older, so he's going to be gone at some point. So kind of pull a Bullet Club thing where Sami Zayn is in the nation, but and then MVP is like the AJ Styles when he was leaving um, New Japan. And then kind of the Sami Zayn is like, boom, MVP, you're out. I'm the leader now, and he's the mouthpiece, and, and hmm. it really gets crazy. Well... I really like Jonathan and thanks for the call Jamal Jonathan I really like the comparison of Montez Ford to the rock young relatively unproven if you put him in that spot but clearly capable like eyes have been on Montez Ford we just spent 15 minutes talking about the dude whether Bianca's a part of that we can you know it, it's exciting yes we all love Bianca but the idea of Montez going in there bringing that energy bringing that youthful spirit to a a stable that's an older stable right if this is the new if this is the new nation of domination if it's Lashley if it's MVP and it's Shelton Benjamin with an in, with an injection of Montez Ford to kind of play that role, and, and you know maybe Mark Henry. Hell, I don't know. I don't have any inside information, but Mark Henry could be the new manager. There's just again, there's just so many possibilities of where this could go. But the more and more we talk about it, Montez Ford is a part of a new nation. Yeah, I'm in. I, I think Dawkins would be if I'm booking it. Dawkins is is part of that new nation, and here's why: this this faction is going to be a heel faction. Montez Ford is a babyface, so if you're going to have Montez Ford as a single to battle this new na- nation of domination, that makes more sense to me. Keep in mind mm. when it comes to the new day. Also, um, I still believe that Big E's going to have a heel run and separate himself from the two. And the reason why is because we've seen this before: the Four Horsemen broke up, the the Shield broke up, Evolution broke up, the 
Wyatt family broke up. Um, uh, the Freebirds broke up in, in Dallas at one point, where it was uh, Michael Hayes against Terry Gordy at one point uh, in World Class. Uh, the Heenan family has broken up, and, and they've uh, separated themselves from Paul Orndorff. This has happened for wrestling for a long time. So the same thing is going to happen here with uh, with the New Day at some point, and I believe the money is in Big E. I just want to see him as a single to see whether or not he has it. We know Kofi has it. We know Xavier Woods is it's a good wrestler, you know, solid. But I think that the money is in Big E for the future. But I think that if you're going to have this, just like it was originally, it's a heel faction. If MVP's got anything to do with it, you know it's a heel faction. They're in the hurt business after all. When it's time to go to the track. To the track. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio's got you covered. Here we go. Tune in to Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Or listen on the phone when you get out of the car with the Sirius XM app. We're back on the track. Thursday. At 6.30 p.m. Eastern. With NASCAR Cup Series Racing. It's the Superstar Batteries 400 presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. From Kansas Speedway. You gotta go take it. On Sirius XM. On Sirius Sirius XM. NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. Very, very, very well done. Was there any kind of hesitation or surprise that just like Stephanie McMahon appeared on our television after however much time she's been off to make this announcement? I just thought that was in terms of a cohesion and, and kind of psychology. I just I thought it was a little odd. It's just like, OK, so here's what <laughs> threw me off. No musical introduction like they usually do. Right. To stop someone's promo. She just appeared on the screen. Poop. Uh, babyface Stephanie. Oh, you talk about heel. You talk about heel and babyface turns with the big show. What about Stephanie? Now, now that's babyface executive uh, Stephanie out of nowhere. That did surprise me. It's almost like they just put that in. It's like, hey, could you just get on the Zoom call real quick and just <laughs> and do this thing for us? Thanks. And she was at the crib, clearly. Very odd. Very odd. How she just kind of just just jumped on the program that that way. Yeah, it uh, it definitely threw me for a little bit of a swerve. But nonetheless, we got a little bit of an answer in terms of uh, the way the pay-per-view ended at Extreme Rules. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Bailey puts on the referee shirt and obviously yeah. Tom Foolery ensues. Uh, so Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks calling herself. Well, listen, it was bad, Jonathan. I'm not going to sit here and stump for something that was clearly not great. But I will say this. They didn't let it marinate too long. It didn't. Okay, yes, it felt like they called Stephanie to do a quick Zoom promo. It felt felt a little bit thrown together. I'll give you that. I'm going to chalk it up to the pandemic. What I will give them credit for is they didn't let this linger. We got our answer 24 hours later. She's not the champion. Everybody relax. Uh, Not the champion in terms of titles and this isn't something I do often but in the ch- in terms of championship wardrobe my god Sasha Banks and Zelina Vega are going neck for neck for taking my attention uh, away and not I mean I got a show to do right like I need to focus Sasha Banks makes it very hard to focus she looked like a champion last night <laughs> yeah, she does. Absolutely, she looks good. There's no doubt. Um, every time we see Bailey and uh, and Sasha Banks, you know, for all the bravado and all the stuff that they talk about, they back it up in the ring. We got to realize that it's just more than just talk. You know, the thing about those two, Ryan, is that for Bailey and Sasha, as good as they are, as and they're supposed to be heels, and Bailey's done the best job she can as a heel. Even though there's no question in my mind that she was a John. Cena white meat baby face and they made her a heel. <laughs> she was, but that's fine. But 
there's no backstep with them, right? You never see them uh, cowering in the corner very often. They seems to they both seem to uh, both wrestle like baby faces because they are not chicken shit heels. They are coming yeah. at you instead of going backwards. But that's just part of the evolution of wrestling. If I want to believe that they are really uh, heels, then they are running away more often than not. But they don't do that, and so. But I still respect their matches. I think they're they're very good, and it's a great um, two woman power trip. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, similar to the New Day five years ago or similar to MVP re-debuting and, and having this run that he's on um, and, and similar to Bailey going heel and teaming with Sasha. There were periods, weeks in some cases, where in any of those instances where I was positive that there is no way in hell any of this is going to work and they need to pivot now. Right. And in each one of those instances, I couldn't have been more wrong. And I am totally fine admitting when I'm wrong. In fact, I prefer it. That means the business is doing things better and things are essentially becoming a surprise. Right. I I can't say enough good things about how Bailey and Sasha, but Bailey specifically, because this was the crux of all this in terms of not believing her as a heel, the work that she has put in, the the, the character development that she has essentially adapted to on the fly and become one of the best things on WWE programming right now. It is really fun and frankly cool to see because you know how hard these talents, whether it be women, male, whatever, right? Female, male, work at, at this craft. So to swerve you, to to have you convinced that it's going to be terrible and it's not going to work, to only have it become one of the best things on TV for the months that we've been you know, witnessing it recently, uh, I just, again, a huge tip of the cap. Okay, so you know where this is headed, right? So Bailey and Sasha are best friends and they have all these champions and so if these two are going to split, have, have we not seen that match before? Or are we supposed to forget? Is this is supposed to be some Jedi mind trick to, pre- to pretend like we've never seen them wrestle before? See, here's the thing. Like, if you're going to swerve us, let's not, they, they should never break up. Let them have a New Day run. Seriously. Well, I like, say, like be, the New Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. because you know where this is headed, right? I mean, because we've seen the, the looks, the different programs that they've had, um, the angles that they've had, and uh, they're going to split up. But if I see that match, it's like, wait, I've seen this match already. So what else can they do if they do break up? What's new that we're going to see with them if they do break up? See, that's the point. Like, it, like these two are ba- well, friends it, now. Yeah, but, wouldn't it be Bailey as a heel, John? Wouldn't that be the new, the new, the new wrinkle? Uh, I don't know. And if 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 Bailey is the heel, there's still she's still going to wrestle the same. What is the real yeah. difference in Bailey babyface and heel? All right, there's a little bit of more aggression here and there, a little bit more physical, but yeah. still, it's still Bailey. When I see Sasha Banks, it's the same Sasha Banks I saw from the beginning. It's the same Sasha I saw from NXT, except that she's turned up just a little bit more, but still the same ability, same person. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Jonathan Hood, and I'll ask this out to the nation as well. 877-344-4893. It's 877-344-4893. That's 877-FIGHT93. I'm going to ask you, are we seeing too much of Bailey and Sasha? Or does this just kind of feel like one of those situations, hey, we're in a pandemic, we're, we're doing multiple shows, this is one of the best things we got going right now. It's essentially to borrow a Indiana phrase, to borrow a phrase from the Midwest, right? You got to make hay when the sun shines. So I, I'm going to throw that question to you. Is the WWE running a risk of overexposure with these two? No, it's just it's just what it is. You have a limited roster and some people that are not coming to the WWE Performance Center, right? So you've yeah. got to just go with the hits. These two are a hit. 
When you just look on social media. Just I love to open up the tweet deck when these shows are on and just put in certain <laughs> names and just see the trending. How people are saying, especially young women. Young women love Bailey and Sasha. Whether it's what they wear, what they say, it's not even about the ring ability. It's just that there there's two attractive women out here on television, and they're talking about how we're the best and no one can beat us. And then when they get in the ring, no one can beat them. And so it's interesting how the the, the reaction of those two. I don't know how it is from segment to segment from a rating standpoint, but I would imagine Bailey and Sasha, that act is probably one of the best in the WWE because of the championships they have and they can back yep. it up in the ring. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.